Do you want to do the intro or me? You do it. You're natural. Hello and welcome to a new podcast, which is a spinoff of an old podcast. My name is Adam Phillip. I'm joined by Yosha Hernandez. Hi. Hello. My name is Yosha Hernandez and I'm joined here by Adam Phillip. Thank you. Uh, so our my old show for College Radio was My Friend. I brought on your show a couple of times to talk about movies and everything. And then that spun off into this new show, Florence. And you listen, please, which is kind of hard to say. And of course, Florida and you listen, please. It's going to be a podcast all about talking about the Disney Plus show, Flora and Ulysses, because Mm -hmm. that movie is bomb. That movie is awesome. Um, If you're listening to this, you probably already know it's on the Apple podcast, but we're going to plug it later. Um, Yosho, how how are you feeling about this movie? Uh, is it fluoride or Florence? F- Flora. Flora. It's Flora. Yeah. Oh, Ulysses is a squirrel. Yes. Okay. Well, I don't know. Like, I have a really interesting background with this movie. It's only been around for like a month. I think we mentioned on my friend that it came out the same day as like Tom and Jerry and something else that was like big at the time. It was around that week. And then, yeah, it was like that we same were sort week of talking about it. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah. Oh, we should watch that. Apparently it's like, I think we ended one of the episodes of my friend with, Oh yeah. Everyone's been saying like, this is really good. Like, it's not what you expect it to be like this relationship between this like creature and like a girl. And it's yeah. like, it's, I don't know. I was turned off by that idea already. Which but... I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to uh, cut you off, but yeah. What's up? that's <laughs> you seem so curious uh yeah no i want to know like what, so, what caught you off guard so, so you just mentioned um but like a story between a creature and a girl did you happen to see the new king kong movie i did actually yeah no so everyone i, I hate to throw us off track so early on the show no no no, no. i I'm, I'm i'm into it because like everyone this entire week has been talking about Kong versus Godzilla and as somebody who is not huge into kaiju and like stuff like that like I know about the monsters and stuff like that I didn't know that they were making like a kaiju cinematic universe but people were like hyped for this movie I saw trailers and I was like oh I, I don't know who this is made for but literally like every time I was walking back and forth from like different offices in my work everyone was like dude did you watch like Godzilla versus Kong, like who do you have? Like Kong or Godzilla? Did you yeah. see the speculation about Mecha Godzilla? And I was like, what is happening? Like, why does everybody like these characters all of a sudden? I, I mean, we'll get back to Florida and Ulysses. In well, a we can get back to that. Uh, no, no bits on this podcast. Uh, I this was like a perfect movie, King Kong and Godzilla. Excuse me. <laughs> I so to preference this, I went to go see it in theaters. Mm. There's me and my brother, and then there were two other people, like a couple rows down because of COVID, and that was it. So we we I saw the kaiju's on this big screen, and yeah, I, I mean we we won't spend too much time on it, but because we got other movies to talk about, Florian Ulysses, but uh, what, you seem surprised that I said it was a perfect movie. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. For me, it's like again, I I think the first I was actually talking about this with my sister and her boyfriend because they just saw it they watched the premiere in movie theaters as well and it was with an experience where like they hadn't been in the movie theaters for about a year and a half since you know the pandemic and they actually watched it in a scenario where like the chairs are like shaking as like the kaijus are fighting and stuff and they're like this made it fantastic it also boosted it up that 
we haven't had a movie experience or a movie going experience in theaters for what? so long watching this movie i was like i feel like i need to go back and watch it in dx or d box because they watch like some 4d like imax scenario like they do in some like uh, universal studios rides and stuff and that's one thing i wanted to talk about it felt like a universal ride at parts like yeah i could see that uh have you been to universal a couple times yeah yeah so every recently like two years ago Every ride there is the same. It's like all screens and movie boxes and they squirt water on you mm-hmm, yeah. uh, for some reason. Every every ride there squirts water on you. <laughs> 4D. <laughs> and I honestly is like, I feel like this is kind of like a marketing campaign for universal type ride. And it's funny you say that because I definitely, when they were explaining to me how they experienced um, Godzilla versus Kong, I was like, this sounds just like the new um, universal like tour ride that they have where they take you through all the lots there's a point i remember this like as a kid i think i was like nine or ten me and my family went and the ride was like you're in little golf carts and like they're taking you throughout the lot and then you go into this like little garage where, like this is a set for godzilla from like way back when yeah and they would have a mechanical godzilla like the face is there it's not like mecha godzilla but it's like a life-size ish like godzilla head the shooting fire it's like an effect obviously but you can feel the heat and i remember freaking out as like a kid one i thought it was cool two it was scary to see this thing like the size it's realized in the movies but now two years ago when i went because kong i think on skull island was coming out at the time Mm. it was like a 3d projector kind of scenario where you have 3d glasses on and kong's fighting all these monsters like on the island and he's jumping around as you jump around like the cart shaking because like that's the 4d effect of it and i was like Oh, I didn't expect this to be not a mech. So I was, I don't know, I had mixed feelings about it. But I know what you're saying. It literally, this, I could see this being that like Universal Tours ride in like two to three years once this movie has aged, basically. So a couple things. Last time when I was at Universal, I had a panic attack and had to go home and... Amazing. (laughs) Drove all the way, (laughs) drove all the way home after driving all the way there. But when I did that Universal Tour rides, I'm pretty sure that same tunnel you're talking about i think it was like fast and the furious yeah yeah so they had both for us on this one i think it's because they knew that they either they got some got rid of some things on the actual physical lots or they didn't have too many cool things to show so they just decided to do both i don't know though but okay going back to your point about it being a perfect movie because you really got me stuck on that like (laughs) flora flora is like really good and we'll talk about it but i'm i'm a little bit conflicted on that and this is because i like I said in the beginning, like I'm not super I mean, attached okay. to these kaiju. Is it as good as Florian Ulysses? No, but probably not. Yeah, I don't. I, I, definitely not, in my opinion. I don't think it's as good. Um, there are moments that had me like, okay, that's cute, or like, oh, okay, like there's some development, or like these aren't just like creatures. Like I was a little bit more surprised by that. Full disclosure, besides like the 2001 Godzilla with Ferris Bueller. Yeah, with Matthew Broderick. This was my first kaiju movie that I can remember since I was a kid. So I haven't seen like King Kong or Kong, Kong on Skull Island, like Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Although I was hyped to see like when I was watching Endgame, there was a trailer for Kong or not for Kong, um, Godzilla King of the Monsters and they show Mothra. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'm hyped for that. Like, I would watch that. Like, I know about Mothra and like the history there. But I didn't have enough interest to be like, I'm going to soak my life into this. Like I did like the MCU or even the DC Extended Universe. So yeah. for me, this doesn't have a really big place in my heart. So I was like, 
besides the fight scenes um i wasn't super like engaged i definitely fell asleep like three times um and not none surprisingly it's like when the humans are on screen but i think that's something that kaiju movies always had a weird like problem with where they always have to have like the stars who are the humans like have some time in the spotlight and they don't really do anything that's really important because all people really want to see is this monster fuck shit up or these monsters fuck each other up or in this case become pals and then fuck something else up Mm -hmm. you know so So, i was like "Eh." okay so i don't know i don't know how long we're going to talk about this but uh going back to like what my experience is with kaiju movies um, I love kaiju movies. I first one of this series I saw was King Kong or Go- Godzilla, King of Monsters, because I had like I'm part of like the m- movie membership and I had like tickets and I was just like I'm bored. I'll go like well watch this on my day off and I was like okay that wasn't too bad, so I went back and watched the other two. It's like okay, and, like it's definitely better than the Matthew, Matthew Project one. Um, oh for sure and then now on hbo like they have the original godzilla so i like went back and watched like the first three and that's fun to watch because it's just a guy in the suit and it's like old school filmmaking like it's miniatures and you can totally tell like the jeeps flipping are just like hot wheels (laughs) but it's like it's fun to like see that creativity you know i really enjoy that too so those are cool and like one of my favorite movies is cloverfield um which is big monsters i would say the first attempt i'd seen of a modern kaiju that was like its own unique thing not something we'd seen before like from the godzilla series or from like king kong or any of those monsters Mm -hmm. um so yeah i love kaiju uh new suicide squad suicide squad trailer came out there's a kaiju in that i'm currently working on a DD campaign i'm gonna include the kaiju in that uh (laughs) so I, i like big monsters i like destruction and especially for like things like king of godzilla king of monsters like where the one of the big guys is on your side mm-hmm. i like that and like you're the humans are kind of useless um i haven't seen pacific rim though i heard that's good yeah, that one's good yeah but yeah th- so that was my experience with kaiju and yeah so it's a little bit closer to you than it is to me it sounds like it's a lot closer to you to me one thing i want to bring up about uh so you know in the opening credits uh like where they're listing this creature defeated that whatever am i the only one who got incredible vibes from that well when they're like cycling through all the newspapers of like the things that mr incredible has done and then they like yeah smash cut to him being in an office oh no no um in syndrome's lair like he discovers oh, when he's and all like the all the robots yeah. is like deleted. That's like the exact same thing that happened here. And that that's that's kind of why we're talking about this in the first place. Like it's like Florin Ulysses has like the reason we brought this up is like there's a relationship between like an animal and like a little girl. And that's like Kong's entire story. But from what I got, I feel like I me not watching the other ones before this didn't matter. I mean, except... this is the first time that girl appears. So. Oh, really? Yeah. She's oh, then I hated this. Uh, if i'm honest i hate that because the kong in this universe the previous movie that takes place during like the vietnam war oh so he's hell old yeah so why do i care about any of the russells either russell i was was actually gonna um there's emma russell madison russell and like the dad they're the ones who seem to be connected to godzilla like that's supposed to be his supporting cast Mm. um 
because they're like madison is super like godzilla wouldn't attack unless he like was provoked like there's got to be something like he knows something and initially they think it's kong and it seems like it is and then the later they find out mecha godzilla was another thing that he was threatened by oh my god mecha oh we gotta talk about mecha godzilla which i i will give you this mecha godzilla was cool because they didn't show it in any of the trailers mm. did they apparently, apparently um people saw something in the first trailer that apparently really hinted at it or there was a line and everyone was like oh it's mechagodzilla like we have to have him in this oh i I missed that but apparently the last king kong movie also or the last um godzilla movie apparently had like post-credits scene or something that teased mechagodzilla so people knew he was going to be around the corner they just didn't know where it was going to be coming from yet and i guess this is the one they chose yeah, because the true. whole point of this is like first they fight and now they're friends and they fight somebody else which is like batman versus superman <laughs> and this is better than batman versus superman i would disagree if i'm honest well but I that's because that. i but this I is going off my uh glowing review of justice league <laughs> This is, you can't, that's so bad. You can't say this is obviously better than this thing when you haven't seen one of the things. That's actually like the worst take in the world. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm I sorry. don't think okay. this here's was the like exponentially Super, better. Superman destroys the town and he's not even a kaiju or cool. King Kong is a badass who swings around the chat Japan and- He didn't hit, even swing hit. around Japan. He, yes, he did. He kicked off buildings. That's not swinging. He swings in in Hollow Earth because there's like giant branches. He swings on in Japan. Swing. You're a liar. I don't believe you. Uh, he's awesome. My point. Um, so so um, the movie opens up with King Kong, and he wakes up. He scratches his ass, uh, <laughs> and then he throws a giant spear he made out of a tree trunk at. Um, the sun yeah which turns out he's in this like virtual reality or mm-hmm. simulation because they've contained him in this thing but i'm more curious about what you thought about the ass scratch i'm gonna be honest that opening was like ass scratch and all really hooked me immediately because it was like oh kong has like a personality and stuff like and then when he threw like when he was doing the tree thing i really had no clue what was going on with that and then he threw it at the sun and i was like oh yeah. He's in containment. I guess yeah. the last movie they somehow captured him because I assumed it was irrelevant, but apparently it's not. I thought he like heard like a helicopter come in, so I thought he like threw it, but then it's revealed that he's but, in the. But that's what I liked. This it's this movie is really good at doing like well, you kind of have to because they're monsters; they can't really talk. They're really good at show, not tell. Like mm-hmm. no one has to talk to me to tell me that Kong is smart because like in the first or that he's like got a personality because in the first scene that he's in you show me like how he behaves and what he does and then like he does that and i'm like oh he's smart he can tell when things are off you know even with the girl that he supposedly trusts a lot which i thought she was like previously established that relationship like in a in a past movie no um so i was like oh this is cool like this is something that probably came out from the other one but now finding out that it's not i'm like this is actually kind of bad wait why, why why do you think it's bad because I don't know, it's like it, it makes a little bit more sense to me because it was like they, ex- they expositioned a lot of things, especially like the fact that they have a relationship. And I was like, why are you explaining this if it's probably been established in one of the previous movies already? I was like, maybe it's for the people like me who are dumb and are just jumping into the into this movie out of all the other ones. But it turns out they're actually just doing it because this girl never existed until now. 
Well, so I mean, me, to be fair, no in the timeline, she wasn't born. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, I thought this was already established. So I was like, I'm just missing something. This relationship is probably really well established for people who know the movies and they really care for this relationship. So I'm going to treat it as such. But in if I go back now and think about it, I'm like, I don't see any real weight in this relationship anymore then. Even the professor that's with them is like, I've been studying him for 10 years and I assume those 10 years were the movies in the past and they weren't. So they're literally just telling me this stuff. And I'm like, that's not good storytelling. That's just like, but hey, we're okay. just going to do this because it makes sense. Let, let's let's talk about this. <laughs> because it's not, this is going back into like having a franchise, movie franchise. They don't have 10 movies prior to this setting it up. And they were at the disadvantage of Kong Skull Island taking place in the 70s or 60s or whatever. So unless you want to create another movie of just Kong on the island, because Kong is on the island in this movie, and he's on the island in the first movie, unless you want another movie with him on the island, just maybe set in 2000, 2010, then there's really no more story to tell. Well, so I would rather have them throw in a weak exposition line than have me sit through a two-hour movie where he's still on the island. And but that's, that's what I'm saying. Like it, One weak expo- exposition line is fine, but that means most of the scenes were exposition lines, explaining the relationship between Kong and the girl, explaining the relationship between the professor and Kong, explaining the Hollow Earth stuff. I thought this was all pre-established. Well, the Hollow Earth guess... stuff is pre-establishing King of... Okay. In... Uh king of monsters and skull island so that's what i was like when they're talking about a hollow earth the dude who's like i'm sorry to hear about your brother i was like oh i guess in the previous movie they tried this and the brother died and now for people this relationship and this guy like they actually care for him but now See, i, I don't found know out who his brother just, is um, now i just found that it's just like oh he they're just saying this because they need plot and i'm like that's not as good for me it doesn't have as, as much emotional weight and I'm not sure who his brother is, but uh, that, that that could just be because I've only seen the Brian Cranston Godzilla once. I've seen King of Monsters twice, and I've seen Kong Skull Island twice. So and it's not like thing. I'm well versed like I am with Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or something. Yeah, and that's my thing. I'm like I'm giving it more credit than I thought it did as a franchise. It sounds like they're just making the movies and saying they're in the same universe, just in different times. Because I had the same problem with and people will get mad, Infinity War. With Thor Ragnarok, the way that ends, it's like Asgard is wherever you take it. Like it's the people, not the place, right? And that's like a huge meaningful lesson for Thor and all this stuff. And then the beginning of Infinity War, they're all just killed off. And I'm like, this completely destroys the entire message of that movie and all of Thor's character development because everyone just fucking dies. And I was like, that sucks. And then they do kind of like rectify it in Endgame where they're like, oh, Asgard is now this random city in fucking Earth that we decided to inhabit in like Scotland. See, that doesn't mind bother me as much because that's the end of that movie, but it's not the end of Thor's storyline. It's just like another chapter in this book. But then it makes what, a weak what... ending is the thing. Okay, but I mean, when you have a 24 movie franchise and you can't 
it's it's hard. Okay, but, well, but, let me see. Let me but, let me spin but, that back to you. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Previous not, argument let me, was. Let me finish my okay, thought. Go for it. Go for it. What I do have a problem with is in Thor Ragnarok, the whole thing of like, oh, I need my hammer. I need my hammer. Oh, the power was in you all along. First thing he does in Infinity War, I need a new hammer. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's going back to me. I think, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you, okay, one to address. You said that's the problem with these non-franchise movies. And then you literally just said, that's the problem with these really long franchise movies. It's a problem with all of them. Because the yeah, problem movies are is, bad, except for no, Flora and Ulysses. I'm not saying the movies are bad. <laughs> I'm just saying this is what happens when you're... When you're trying to segue back to Flora and Ulysses. Making a, well, that's going to have a cinematic universe, but I hope they keep the one director as the thing. Because my problem with it is... And this is my problem with the MCU at point so, two. Did you just say Florin Ulysses is going to have a cinematic universe? Mm-hmm. I hope so. It did really well, so I hope so. Okay. I wouldn't okay. be surprised if we got a sequel. And then they somehow spun it into Squirrel Girl, but we'll talk about that. That's um, completely different. My point being is like from Ragnarok to Endgame or to Infinity War and then Endgame and then like these movies, it sounds like it's a product of, oh, this did a lot better than we thought. We should try to franchise it in a way or connect them in a way. But also, like we're ha- we're changing directors every single time. So, like the directorial vision is different. So, but when the Kevin Russo Feige's brothers, yeah, Kevin he- Feige is like orchestrating the whole thing. But do you really think that Taika Waititi would have finished Ragnarok the way he did, knowing that this is how the Russo brothers would have started Infinity War? I don't think so. But like, isn't that to show that Thanos is like a like a threat to be reckoned with? My thought was the way that they showed that Thanos was a threat to be reckoned with was that he beat the shit out of Hulk and then that the Hulk was never shown again because he was too scared to fight him. Like, yeah, taking out all of Asgard too, I get that. But like, if I was the guy who made Ragnarok and I was like really happy with where I left Thor's last movie and was like, I hope they bring me back for a fourth Thor movie. And then that happens in Infinity War. I'd be like, wait, but all the things that like the hammer, the, the no hammer thing, like you don't need the hammer. Like the Asgard is, is a, is a people not a place like that doesn't matter anymore like you just throw all my ideas out the door but okay okay here's the last thing i'll say because uh now we're we should get back MCU. to king kong and then <laughs> and Ulysses. so thor it, it, the movie ends ragnarok asgard is the people and you should be satisfied that, that it's not a place it's the people then thanos kills all of them great now Thor doesn't have any of his own people, but he still has the Avengers and he couldn't protect his people, but he can protect the Avengers and his second home, Earth. Then, because he didn't go for the head, Thanos once again kills his family and his second home. So I think it's like the story of him continuing to fail. And that's why in Endgame, he's like this drunk, fat gamer who like has no hope. He feels like such a failure. I don't know. That's why I don't mind the ending of Ragnarok so much because it's like, oh, we did it. Oh, crap. I couldn't protect the people, my my people. Oh, crap. I couldn't protect the people that brought me in and I care about. And yeah. And I get that, especially because there's a line where he's like, I'm the strongest Avenger. I should be the one to do it when they're talking about snapping with the gauntlet that um, Tony made. And it comes off as comedy until he says, please just let me do this. Like, just let me do something right for once. You know, that makes sense to me where it's like, he's gone through hell. He's lost his dad. He lost his mom. He lost his brother. He lost his people. He failed to 
to kill Thanos when the world needed it most and when his like peers needed it most. And I 100% get that. But the inconsistencies of like how Ragnarok ended and then how Endgame ends too, like on top of that, where they're like, Endgame starts with him being in like a shed someplace with like two other people from Ragnarok. And then like all these people that just happen to like kind of listen to him. That's why he hands it off to Valkyrie at the end. And they're like, this is new Asgard. I'm like, who are these people? I thought everyone was killed from Asgard. Yeah, but that's like, just bad explaining. They don't explain who those people but are. But that's what I'm saying. It's like inconsistencies for inconsistencies sake. And then you just add something to like try and fix it, but it doesn't hit the hail hit the head on the nail, which I think is like this movie is exposition overload overlord then because it's just like oh these things we never really touched on that much but now they're relevant and now we're getting them all together because we want these monsters to fight i'm like that's not good writing to me that's just like we need to get this to work somehow because some executive told us we need this to happen speaking of thor what do you think of king kong's thorax thor x that that was made out of godzilla's spike right it looked like it. They didn't what, specify, but it looked certainly looked like it. Yeah, and the way it absorbed the energy and like glowed when he picked it up when Godzilla was shooting the laser, I was like, one, gross. Two, pretty cool. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like that's what he I'm also had to a say. Captain America shield for a split second. He did. I thought that was funny. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh Captain America. He like takes off like a, a top of something like throws it like yeah and he's he's like using it to like block the beam i was like isn't that just part of a building i was like all right that's cool and that's the point i'm trying to make like this movie for me like was a lot of fun anytime the kaijus were on screen like they're creative with how they fight like even just the moments where kong is like talking with the girl i was like this is nice like he has character and like to me it felt more like a kong movie because we really focused on him most of it was taking him to hollow earth and convincing him to go do the stuff to go find his home again um which by the way i was a little bit upset that they like straight up lied to him they didn't lie to uh, they, they they did they're like your family's there and like no they no said that he there. could they, they the, the mom changed or not the mom but the professor lady changes like just say it's a possibility yeah she said it's a possibility and I, the kid says your family is there no she they said could that. be there no she the woman signs the his family could be there because she's like tell him his family could be there and she's like are you sure and she says i don't know and then she just says your family is there too no i don't think she says exactly that i'm looking it up <laughs> i'm taking the time to look it look it up um, anyways so one thing <laughs> another thing this director really likes his loop de doop de camera movements. I saw that too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what he's talking about? I'm talking about? It's sometimes it's just so disorienting. <laughs> it's funny because we, with Snyder, we were like, this guy loves his slow mo. And with this guy, he loves disorienting like cameras and crazy. It's stuff. like yeah. flipping the camera and like, I, I don't know. I need to watch again to like get a better grasp on like, on like how to explain it, right? Yeah. And like what he's trying to go for. But going back to the story, are you looking it up? Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I did read that, like, you know, you're kind of complaining about like the story. There's no like time or whatever to like explain these characters for us, for those people who haven't watched other movies or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I read like the director, like this movie's under two hours. Yeah. And the director, like, people were asking, was like, why isn't it, like, three hours? Why isn't it, like, longer? It's like, if it's longer, you're going to get more humans. It's not going to be an hour more of monsters fighting. It's going to be an hour more of, like, human exposition and storyline. 
And I kind of like respect the dude for that. Because uh, he's like, no, people are here to see monsters. They don't care about the humans. So I'm not going to make them sit through an hour of more humans talking and whatever like Snyder did with his thing. Um, Here's the thing. Even the villain in that talks like a person. So Who? In Justice League. Oh. It's not like you're relying on monsters. No, but I'm just saying like there's so much talking. In, but There's like two fight scenes in Snyder Cut. Or three. There's like four. Eh, three and a half. <laughs> there's like four. I, I would, no, okay, there's the Amazonians. There, so there's Amazonians. There's the Aqua one. Which I count as half because the Wonder Woman scene in the bank. That's not a fight scene. That's just like an action. So what is that then? That's just like an action sequence. So when she's punching people, what is that? That's an action sequence. What's the difference between an action sequence and a fight scene? A fight scene is like ongoing back and forth. Action sequence is just like her like protecting people and like blowing stuff up. But she also hits people. Yeah, but it's not like an even fight. Like to me, a fight scene is. Somebody's gonna lose, and we don't. Yes, know and they all lose because they die. <laughs> but we don't know who. We all know Wonder Woman's gonna win. We also all know that Dark Side isn't gonna win. Neither is Stephen Wolf. <sighs> Whatever. Fine. I'm just saying. Throw that in there. <laughs> okay. I would say loosely defining because I don't think fight scene is good word is a good word for it. There's a bunch of action sequences in this as well in Godzilla vs. Kong. Because if, if we really think about it, there's only two big action pieces. There's the the, the water fight and then the Kong versus Godzilla. Well, what do you think of the water fight? The whole time I was like, this is unfair. <laughs> it, it's very home field advantage. It's, it's, it's very home field Godzilla. advantage. And I was very <laughs> upset. I was like, Kong... Because the thing is, like, they do... I see this more as, like, a Kong 3... How amazing movie. would it be if he turned a battleship into like a surfboard? It was like, <laughs> I thought that would have been really hokey, but I was expecting <laughs> that at some point. Um, but no, like I, I saw this as less of a Godzilla movie and more of a Kong movie because we spent so much time with Kong and they make you like sympathize for Kong because he's like a little bit more, not even more human. He just has more human interactions. So when he loses, you're supposed to feel something or like you're supposed to feel bad. And I was like, oh, that sucked. And that was kind of it. But I mean, to the action sequence thing, fuck, we're throwing Justice League out of the door. We already talked about that. <laughs> action sequence wise, I thought this was really cool. I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was creative how they fought and like the ways they made him fight. Then there was a lot of times where I was like, oh, Mechagodzilla has this random new weapon all of a sudden. I was like, that's cool. He's not just Godzilla with a laser. They actually thought about what kind of things Mechagodzilla would have if, like, a human made him. Like, missiles and, like, the rotating electric, like, claw and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, sick. Yeah, Mecha... So, what was more shocking to you? The appearance of Mechagodzilla or the realization that the kid from Deadpool is British? I got that already. Okay. (laughs) He's got a little bit of an accent in Deadpool. He's, like, trying to stifle it, but it's noticeable that he's definitely not American. I did not know that. Um, it's mostly when he yells. A lot of people can't hold accents when they yell. What do you think of him? Because this was his first movie in the universe. Meh. I didn't have. I didn't have anything. <laughs> I thought that entire cast, like Billy, was the only one I really cared for, and I noticed all they really did was make her do that action hero walk. Who's that Billy? Girls have um, Millie. Oh, Millie and Bobby Brown. They give those. They make girls always do this like fast action walk that makes their boob bounce a lot, and I was like. That's all I can see because I've seen this in like every movie that girls are like in an action piece about, which is very upsetting. It's just really weird because she doesn't even have boobs. 
Well, that's what they go for. I don't know. That's and not like, my point. <laughs> she really handed it in this one. I feel, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like her acting was kind of over the top. I didn't like the whole, like, them sneaking into the whatever. The, Me either. It was very shittier Stranger Things. It was just like, they're just there by circum... Like, I don't know. It. I, I just wasn't invested. I did like, however, the, like, Bernie, the guy, he was like, oh, it's this way. I was thinking, it's like, how does he know it's this way? And then, like, he says out loud, all their facilities are laid out the exact same. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's great. That's Thank you for that because i was out of it and you brought me right back in i was still just like if you're this weird conspiracy theorist and you've been on the inside for two years and these guys are supposed to be like super freaking smart how the hell have they not noticed that you're the dude doing that podcast that was my whole thought with because that. he doesn't say who he is yeah but like wouldn't they think like this guy knows way too much like maybe we should question our staff and try and figure out who's like doing weird stuff because the dude the first scene they have with him is like he's weird and he like tries to get the dude out of the fucking thing so he can get information like no one can track that this is like a high like whatever i don't know for me that that i call the godzilla supporting cast because madison seems to know a lot about godzilla yeah she was in king of monsters yeah so i was like godzilla's um supporting cast didn't really sell me on anything like I feel like when I felt like they had less screen time and even when they did have screen time, I didn't really care when they were there. The only really big surprise for me was that we found out um, Monster Zero and she says the name, which I know is a reference to one of the monsters from the old Godzilla movies. I it's the three the one. Yeah, it's like the Hydra guy. Well, I'm, did you see King of Monsters or no? I didn't. Oh, I thought, I thought you said you did. Mm-mm. But, he, but he's a big bad in the King of Monsters. I liked seeing that reference. I was like, oh, this makes sense. And he explains like, oh, this thing has like a, the way this thing fought back then was the three of them have a psychological neural link. So they're using that as a base to do a neural link to the monster or to the Mecha Godzilla. And I was like, that's actually a really creative use of that. When I saw that, okay. So between that psychological uplink and the neon lights, which I want to get to, because those are really cool like the fight sequence with the neon lights. I was like, I need to look at this director because I feel like he directed Detective Pikachu. Um, did do that one. Huh? He I don't know, do but directing. but this guy, do you know what he directed? Mm-mm. Who he even dir- is it? Huh? Who even is it? I don't remember, but it's um, it's Adam Gold something. But the guy who directed Kong versus Godzilla he directed the live-action Death Note movie on Netflix. Oh, geez. <laughs> I know. I was like, he did that? Like, this guy does a bunch of horror stuff. And this, like, is, this is his first big... Like blockbuster film, I guess. Yeah. But when I saw that he did Death Note, I was like, oh, my God. you got to be kidding me. What are you looking up? Well, you said his name was what? Adam? Gold something. Well, all I need to know is that he did the Death Note movie, apparently, so... He did like the movie VHS and everything. Um, um, I don't know. Like we were in Hollow Earth for about what felt like five minutes. Yeah, but there's and nothing then, really interesting there. Yeah, exactly. All he did there was go there. They find out that this is where he used to live, which they already knew the humans at least. And then he picks up an axe and Godzilla tears a hole all the way through to Hollow Earth. And it's like, yo, bro, we ain't done yet. <laughs> and I was like, we didn't need this whole sequence. <laughs> We didn't well, need to go to Hollow Earth. Yeah, they do, because they need power up Godzilla. So that's the rationale? Yeah. But I still was like, Hollow Earth, like, they could have done anything else. I don't I know. Could have, I could have been A-OK with an entire movie dedicated to Hollow Earth. 
and like the monsters that are there before we got Godzilla versus King Kong. That's just me though. Yeah. So why do Madison and Bernie have a handshake after knowing each other for three hours, but you and me don't have a handshake after knowing each other for 20 something years? So I questioned that too. <laughs> Not the last part. Um, why don't we have a secret handshake yosho because the pandemic that's only a year out of our 20 year friendship and we're not very creative because none of us ever thought about this um can we make a secret handshake we can make one but we can't now there's a pandemic let's talk it through let's let's explain it for the listeners i'm gonna talk to about flora and ulysses okay yeah 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 sorry wait okay but I'm, i'm not done with the handshake thing that you mentioned I also noticed that, and I think they had, like, the Deadpool kid kind of react weirdly to that to be like, yeah, wait, how do you guys have a handshake already if we just met? Um, and I think that was supposed to be like, oh, get it? I'm, like, the audience. Haha, <laughs> like, I'm on the same page as you guys. When did that happen? Whoa. Speaking That's so of, quirky. Speaking I'm of like, page, uh, speaking of page, I was scrolling through TikTok and the behind-the-scenes uh, video on my For You page of Madison and Deadpool kid, they have their own handshake. And it's very long and complicated. And I was just like, wait, so they have the handshake, but he didn't do it? It was, uh, oh. I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. It was supposed to make it seem like they're both really weird so they can connect in that way. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like, I don't care. Um, the, I have, I, I don't have a note. I have a mental note. Um, the lady that's with the kid that signs, every time she's on scene, she looks like a weird dinosaur. And I hate her facial expressions. They're not believable and she looks stupid. Yeah, she's just whatever. Yeah, and she's mostly just eye-fucking the camera. So I'm just like, all right, whatever. But I think I'm I'm giving this movie too much shit because of the humans. Yeah, this is your Snyder cut. <laughs> and like I said, it's not my cup of tea, like kaiju movies, because you already know what to expect from it. It's just like action sequence. It's like Fast and Furious for me. It's like... Dude, there's a Fast and Furious trailer before this. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> the stuff they have in that is insane yeah i've heard they've gone like off the deep end and they've really embraced the craziness that they do which has made the movies even better so i'm like i like things that realize the ridiculous and use that ridiculousness to its full capacity like the new suicide squad movie oh can we talk about Su- you said the you didn't like the trailer i wasn't sold on the script because none of the jokes really landed for me. See, I thought they were a little too super outrageous. Interesting, because I thought the jokes were a lot better. And I just went back and watched the original Suicide Squad because I wrote a little stupid thing for my website. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked it. Like the first Suicide Squad movie. I didn't think it was as bad as everyone said. I think if you look at that movie through its Deadshots movie and Harley Quinn's movie, it's a lot better Hmm. um, because they don't do anything with Boomerang or it's like a story about redemption for Deadshot and that I really liked and this one but I went back and watched that the first trailer and like those jokes don't land at all like Margot Robbie's performance in that like she's given a bad script and she's given like bad direction and bad performance on the jokes jokes quotes she is given but with James Gunn I feel like he really worked with her and like helped her with like the tone uh she was going he was going for I don't give her that I think in the trailer you can tell she's a better Harley Quinn Mm -hmm. um I think that also helps that she was in an even a movie that was more tonally close to what the Suicide Squad looks like which was Birds of Prey which was super colorful and 
spunky and like kind of like bright in that sense even though it's like about harley quinn so it's probably dark too but you can tell from the trailer it's leaning more heavy on the like less dark performance which even in the suicide squad she's not really like or in Suicide Squad, she's not really like a dark performance. It's like a, it's a more serious movie, I guess. But I don't know, like they, it's just like jokes that sound like they were made for people to like, they're like, oh, it's outrageous. Like, oh, that's so weird. Like, oh, wow, that's a lot. You know, like, what? like the, like, oh, so clever. Like, oh, so quirky. You know, like the, if you like the thinker one where she's like, if you have what's what's it in whatever personalized like, license plates yeah like personalized license plates you die i'm like okay i get it people don't like people with personalized license plates it's not really funny like i was just like that's stupid like i laughed out loud at that i thought i, was like, that that, was, I, I thought her delivery was good is it a like, 10 out of 10 joke no but i thought like the if you try to run you die if you hmm. give us bad information you die and then she just walks by if you give us personalized license or if you find out you have personal license plates you die and that's, what? Been, no. and that's what I'm saying. Like, I have not said that none of the trailer was good. I've only said the writing seems very weak to me. And I agree the way they perform that joke is pretty solid and is like pretty smooth. But I also think it's a bad joke and doesn't land for me. The other one is John Cena's like, if there was, if this entire island was full of dicks <laughs> and I had to eat every single one of these dicks in the name of justice, I would. I'm like, I'm like, this is such like cringe, like 16 year old humor, like vibes. But I will say the way Cena says it as, um, yeah, that one, I, I, I get that as... character. I'm like, he's really like, he's selling me on his acting and performance of this character being really stupid and obscene. But the joke is still really stupid. And yeah, th- like that it. joke is stupid, but his performance is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of the when they're going in to rescue Harley Quinn? And then she's like, "What you guys doing?" He's like, "We're coming, we're coming to rescue you." He's like, "Rescue me?" Like, I actually yeah. like that. Yeah, like, I was like, "Oh, that's cute." It's <laughs> like it's a really good plan too. And then she was like, "Well, I can go back inside if you want." Yeah, I actually like when it started with that. I was like, "Okay, this is I kind of like this." Like that that really like hooked me in the beginning i was like oh that's cute like there's more it like shows that there's a little bit more to harley's character there's like enough weight with like um uh peacemaker and like rick flag to be like oh bloodsport and um rick flag to be like it seems like they're more than just colleagues that happen to get killed if they don't work together it's like harley is a reliable enough companion that even amanda waller is like we need to go in and get her i'm assuming that's like in the middle of the movie if i'm honest oh, that might um, be in the beginning it's either that or like in the middle is what i thought because did I you see the of... second trailer yes what do you think of that one i thought again it uses the same jokes so i wasn't like in love with it i did think it was better because it i think it does a better job at explaining why everyone's here we still don't know what they're gonna be doing and like why what mission they're being sent on like it seems like they're trying to throw us off by saying like they're gonna be going after starro but i think starro is just like unfortunate coincidence that happens to escape while they're on their real mission so i i'm waiting to see what why they're why they're here you know what do you think of john cena's joke in that one where he was like something about killing people like if it meant killing like a million people for the name of freedom and justice i would do it without a problem yeah what what sold that one for me was ratcatcher 2.0's face to hearing that she's like where she's like i don't really think this guy understands what peace really is and to me i'm like that's funny because that is that's that character. He'll do whatever he thinks is right for the name of good, even if it's fucked up bad shit. And I'm like, that's that's funny, you know? I'm excited for this movie. 
Mm-hmm. I and am too. As someone who enjoyed the first one more than most, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. So, I mean, I know you have to go. And I mean, I hate to do this, but we didn't have time to talk about Florin Ulysses. Oh, my God. But I okay, know. Okay, well, we're going to do it next. Yeah, next week. So, did you like Mecha Godzilla? Also, we're just going to we're just gonna do this week for Godzilla vs. Kong. I, I guess. We did, we I mean, did end you, up talking about it. We more. were going to do two episodes, and but you said you have to go. So, yeah, I got a, I got a birthday party. Oh, God what? forbid people have birthdays. Whose birthday? Uh, it's Kenji's brother's birthday. Oh. We're going to go eat dinner. Oh. Anyways, uh, did I like Mecha Godzilla? Uh, yeah, I was like, this is cool. I thought it was a cool reveal. What do you think of the fighting, like in general? Because this was one of the we finally get fights in the middle of the day, which I was gonna I was gonna ask about that because I know most of the scenes I saw from the trailers in the previous movies were in the dark. The shots that they have of Kong and Godzilla, like the close-ups and like all that stuff, I was like, they know it looks really good and they're confident in it because they keep doing close-ups on them when they fight, like when they're roaring and like then they're fighting in the daylight. And I'm like, you guys did a really good job on this like CGI. Like it's mm-hmm it's really good and i was like this is fun to watch because although when you were mentioning the older godzilla movies like you could tell it's like a like a toy car and stuff (laughs) to me like we should watch that i kind of want to it's still on hbo to me i'm like i like this and i enjoy that classic style because it really shows like how creative they are with the limitations that they have but this movie is actually the opposite and i still really appreciate it because it's like look at how we can push those limitations now and look at how confident we are in like how well they look you know mm-hmm. and it goes and back like, to that sick. to the director being like we don't want a three-hour movie we're going to take the budget we have we're going to make it under two hours and we're going to put the money towards these special effects for these creatures mm-hmm. that have been around for over 50 60 years yeah give them, bring like, them to life yeah exactly and i love that i love that like i think he did a really good job with the kaiju parts and like making them come to life and that like CGI team should be so proud of themselves because I think what people are were excited about with these movies were seeing those monsters they grew up with come to life on the screen. It's the same as like seeing Captain America and like Iron Man and like fucking Rocket Raccoon and stuff, you know? Like And the one thing with this movie that I'm just thinking about now, like in past movies like the Matthew Broderick Godzilla or maybe even like the first King Kong, I'm not too sure. I don't really remember it too well. First King Kong as in, or Godzilla as in with Brian Cranston, not the 1954 version. Like those movies like teased Godzilla. Like it was always like Godzilla's turning the corner and all you see is tail or whatever. But with this, we had two prior movies with him. We had one prior movie with King Kong. We know what they look like. We don't need to be suspended. Bam, here they are right away. It's like, there's none of this like teasing us with, oh, are they going to show up? It's just like, we know what they look like. We know what they are. Give it to us, baby. Just, give, just show us already. You know, just put them in there. And that's why I was so like pumped with the initial scene. Even if it was just Kong scratching his butt, I was like, oh, they're just like, we're getting right into it. Like he's he's just right here, yeah. you know? And then they showed us what Godzilla was up to like immediately after. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. you guys are, you guys know that we came here, that you, we know that you guys are serious and you came here to not to play, you know? Like, we're just going to get it right right at the start and get you guys into the mix. But what was I going to say about... One thing no, I, I think is yeah. stupid... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was just so impressed. Like, there's so many shots of just Kong's, like, face, like, close up looking mm-hmm. at things. And I was like, damn, guys. Godzilla has, like, little pudgy cheeks. I, I saw that, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I would see Godzilla's eyes, and I did. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, they show his eyes a lot. Um, one thing I hate is 
the stupid guessing the password. <laughs> it's like, how would you know his password? I, I leaned over to my brother. It's like, just type in the word password. <laughs> see. But that, that's one thing I didn't like about this movie was that the humans had to help. Like, I thought it would have been so much cooler if Kong and Zilla just, like, beat Mecha without the help of the humans. But, I mean, you're paying those actors to be there, I guess, give them something to do. But Exactly. And that's just a limitation of the fact that you're getting these actors and big names. So people who aren't really interested in the monster part or have that, like, attachment are like, oh, these actors are here. I like these actors. Maybe I'll watch this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree. That password thing, like, I, it was like a record scratch when I was watching <laughs> that movie. Like, I was already half out. But then I heard that and I was like, there's a giant mechanical godzilla connected to this computer somehow in this weird base run by crazy people and your contribution is as this kid who has never been in this building or been in an apex facility in the first place i think i can guess the password i was like what why do you have that confidence you yeah where did that, that come confidence. i could see like bernie being like yeah i've worked here for years that, like wait, maybe that, that's maybe another thing i hated like it just like it's like that's stupid like when they first meet and Bernie takes out the flash drive, it's like, I got this. And then Madison's just looking at it. Like looking at it is going to tell her what's on the flash drive. <laughs> She's like, what are you, do you not know how flash drives work? You have to plug it in, girl. And they never, uh, they never even actually look at it together. They just assume that whatever he has there is information that will help them. Yeah, what was on the flash drive? I don't even remember. It was the fact that they had a sub-level 33, if I remember correctly. And that they have shipping to Hong Kong, like, that's cargo right. shipping to Hong Kong. But it doesn't matter because he told them that before he goes, I also have this that retains the same information I just told you. And they're just like, <laughs> I'm like, get fucking come Yo on. Showed, for those listening, which is everyone just did like a, uh-huh, like naughty. Like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> sorry, I'm very, uh, actually, I can't even say that. I was going to say, I'm very like movement facial expression like comedy based i actually wanted to talk to you about this because like i've noticed i've been doing more impersonations of people at work this has nothing to do with godzilla versus kong that's fine i i i meant to bring it up before the podcast but i kind of want this podcast to be tangential and just like get into whatever um i'm sold but i forgot to mention that beforehand i didn't really feel like cutting it out like in the beginning so i was just Mm -hmm. like oh i'll mention it next time and but here we are at the end of the episode so go ahead yeah so i i've just noticed that i do a lot of like motions that like if i can't impersonate because i try to impersonate voices of people i know and like i pick up on their like habits like the things that they do and it's not like a mocking thing it's like a i'm just as somebody who was who grew up with a lot of like animated tv and stuff like that and seeing caricatures and like outrageousness and stuff like and seeing like their unique quirks like I watched this entire video essay on what makes Bugs Bunny so special compared to other cartoons and it's the way he moves and like as Adam was talking mocking, about that I was gonna say as Adam's mocking me by slapping his hand like this my hands are moving the entire time I talk oh it's no I'm talking about Bugs Bunny correct because uh, I we do have to send you that. a text and you never replied because I didn't know if I had anything good to say <laughs> okay um, <laughs> we could talk about that after this but my my point being um with this like what was I saying? We're talking about impersonations. Have you noticed that, like, because of your background on what you what you've watched and what you like, what kind of inspired your style? That it's really affected how you do things. Like, like what I was saying is, if I can't get a voice correctly, and people tell me like right off the bat, what they do tell me though is it's creepy how you move the same way they do though, like almost one to one. Like we have a we have a manager who like when he talks to you like. 
um, and he's trying to be serious. He has like his iPad hold, held like this and he kind of undulates it. Only his head is also doing the same thing, but they're at a different consistent rhythm. And I did that to Kenji because I was impersonating that person. And he literally went like, okay, that's really gross how you know exactly how he moves. And I was like, it's because I just notice these things. And for a proper impersonation for me, and I think this goes with voice acting because I want to do that. It's not just about the voice, but it's about like really becoming that person. Yeah, I mean, and, in the booth, you, yeah. if you ever watch people doing acting in the booth, they're really like animated. And mm -hmm. um, have you watched the movie? I know that voice. No, I want to. You need to watch it. Streaming services. It's, it's not on Netflix anymore. I don't know. I might own it on iTunes. Um, I actually, I'm sure I do because I bought it because I was really into it. Anyway, but yeah, you should watch that. I'll probably put that on the list. Maybe we can talk about it sometime. I think it'd be really nice. Yeah, maybe if we do like a spinoff podcast where we don't talk about Flora and Ulysses. Yeah. Well, there um, is voice acting in Flora and Ulysses. We can probably see how Ben Schwartz like really... Yeah, maybe we could do like a whole episode. Dude, that's my goal for this podcast is to get Ben Schwartz on the podcast. That would be insane. Um, so do we have time to talk about Space Jam real quick? We have about two minutes. Okay, what are your thoughts? I I don't know. I liked where they were going what they were going with this whole kid thing where it's like, this is your dream, not mine. And I think that makes a lot of sense coming from someone from an adult that's like an athlete, you know? Because I think a lot of kids that have parents that were athletes are like, I did this, I want you to do this, like kind of pseudo live my dream. And then they just randomly kidnap the kid. And like, there's a weird like tune matrix. And then they send him to the tune, to Looney Tunes world, which apparently is the dumpster world in this tune matrix. And I was not expecting him to be in 2D. While I am very, very happy to see like the Looney Tunes in 2D for a portion of the movie, I'm not too sold on LeBron being animated. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason they did it is because they want to differentiate it more against the original Space Jam. Um, and I'm not against it. I'm like... It's weird. It kind of threw me off. I was hoping it would be kind of like in the same universe, which maybe they'll mention because I expect it to be a sequel and not like a reboot. Of yeah, sorts. that's what I thought, too. You know, I, I thought it was going to be a sequel, but it seems like it's kind of a reboot. Mm -hmm. Just now thinking about it, I'm in for it for what it is. It's not a movie for us. Like, yeah, we grew up with it, but the primary audience is going to be for kids. Mm -hmm. So if they have to get to the Lean Tune world through the Internet, fine, whatever. It seemed very um, trying to be modern, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, so last thing, this is uh, King Kong and Godzilla. It's the biggest opening for a movie during the pandemic at $122 million. Holy shit, good for them. So yeah, people... Wait, what was it? How much was it made off of? You know, uh, what, the... what was the budget? I do yeah. not. Give me a second while you plug your stuff. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like, uh, sorry that we didn't do um, Florence and Ulysses. Like, it, literally, it's floored and you listen, please, is like a reference to that. And Fine. we just didn't talk about it. So our bad. But sometimes more things are going on that we next enjoy. week, next week, next week, next week, we'll talk about Florence or, and Ulysses. But um, obviously, if you've been listening to my friend, you'll know that I'm on twitch.tv slash <laughs> So I typed in games. Kong. Wait, hold on. Uh-oh. I typed in Kong versus Godzilla budget. And I was like, this can't be right. It says 620,000. 
as like, oh wait, that's the nineteen sixty four. Oh yeah, no, that's way <laughs> too little for the fucking CGI they had. Um, between one fifty five and two hundred. Okay, so it's definitely going to make its money back if this was its opening weekend, which isn't bad for a pandemic. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, okay, so yeah, plugging twitch.tv slash Yubel. It's where I stream. I'm not streaming as consistent as I was, but we are going to be playing Spider Man soon. Um, we're going to be finishing up Spider Man PS4, and then we're going to move on to Spider Man Miles Morales. And from then on, I'm going to have some other things I'm going to be playing, like a Pokemon Nuzlocke and maybe some Super Mario Speed Run or Super Mario Odyssey Speed Running. Um, but besides that, I play a lot of Valorant on my free time and clip things. So if you go to youtube.com slash or just look up Yubel on YouTube eventually my uh, youtube account will have more videos on there besides among us and on twitch on instagram.com slash yubel23 you'll find my mostly more consistent uploads of daily valorant clips from my previous games so if you want some footage there or just see what's going on there go ahead and follow my instagram i'll also be updating when i'm going to be streaming mm-hmm. and you can follow me at real variety on instagram adam philip collection on instagram as well that's where i'm posting like all my nerdy stuff and as previously mentioned, I wrote a stupid little article—not not like for any publication, but just for my website uh, at adamphilip.com. I wrote a little stupid thing about the Suicide Squad and whether or not it's a good rehabilitation program. Did you read it, Yosha? Did you really? No. Okay. <laughs> he gave me I'm a thumbs. Time for anything, dog. He gave me a thumbs up, and then he, I did want to read it, and then he, I was he just straight up lied to me. And then you can listen to all my other podcasts. Uh, college radio shows at that website as well i'm gonna be working on enigma radio which will be coming out soon hopefully and this if you're listening to this not or on the website it's also on apple itunes go there rate us five stars or whatever you want to rate us and give us a review maybe we'll read them on the show and you know if you know ben schwartz contact him we want to get get him on this show to talk about you know the main purpose of this podcast flora and ulysses so yeah Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll see you later, I guess. See you next week. Yeah. Right? I think we're, we're definitely going to be talking about Flora and Ulysses. Yep. Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs>